You're listening to the Together Church Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. For more information on Together Church, you can visit our website at wearetogether.church. We hope you enjoy today's message. We've been, um, we started last week in a series. We've been talking a little bit about giving. And a lot of people, when we talk about giving and tithing, they automatically get a little bit of anxiety. It comes up. Um, because, you know, they'll, they'll say things like, well, he's only talking about this because church wants your money. And I just want to give a disclaimer. I or Together Church do not want your money. What we want is for your heart to be aligned with what the Father wants for you. That's our prayer. Because I believe that if your heart is aligned with what God wants, everything else falls into place. You know, I remember in my early days of youth ministry, parents would come to me and say, why don't we teach on abstinence? Why aren't we teaching our kids not to do drugs? Why aren't we? I said, listen, if I can teach your child how to fall in love with Jesus, those things will not be issues. And so what I want to do this morning is focus on the thing is your heart. If we can get our hearts aligned and in tune with the things of God, then these things uh, will not be an issue for us because we will find that we want to be obedient because his desires will come, become our desires. And this morning I want to talk to you just a little bit and just for the next few moments, and I want you to hear my heart from it, and I want you to hear what God has to say about it, and, and throw away any intentions or any hurt that maybe you have from church giving in the past, and I want you to put yourself of just asking the Holy Spirit, what is it that you're trying to tell me today? Everybody good with that? Yes. You're good. So take your guard down and hear from the Holy Spirit. We're, we're going to talk a little bit about how God is testing us. God's testing you. He's testing me and when it comes to the area of giving. And that's, that's not just financially, that's also in our giving of our time and whatever talent that maybe God has given you. Are we using those things, not just in the church, but also outside the church, to be a blessing to other people, to help point people towards Him, to help His kingdom grow and help His kingdom be known and His glory be renowned. And so this morning we're going to talk about the blessed test. You know, God really does want to bless you. He really does. He doesn't want to bless you to the point that he blesses you so much that you get a mansion and a Rolls Royce or a Bentley or whatever it is you want. He wants to bless you so much that you realize how good he is that you become just like him in your giving of giving everything that you have to help others. And that's really where God wants our hearts to be aligned with his. He is a God of generosity. Would you agree with me with that, that he's a God of generosity? He, he gives of himself. He gave of himself so that we could have a relationship, what greater gift could God have given us that we could call him, or the Bible would say that, that he would call us the sons and the daughters of God. That only happened through his generosity of him giving his son Jesus. And he models for us all throughout the scripture and his promises all throughout the scriptures of what will happen if you and I are obedient in the areas of giving. And so I think the question here is are we going to be faithful to the things that God has given us? Are we going to steward those things well? Will we steward the things well? And the question that I would pose to all of us this morning is will you love and trust money or will you love and trust God? Because those are, those are two different things, right? Will we love and trust our money and our wealth or will we learn to love and trust God? Will we love and trust Him? And Jesus says this in Luke chapter 16. He says, whoever can be trusted with very little. Now, this is the bag principle that we talked about last week, and you can go back online and, and listen. He says, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted 
with very much. This is God testing you. I'm, I'm going to give you a little, and, and can you do with this little, can you control this little, can you operate the little if you want much? Because God's not going to give you more than what you have already shown that I can't handle this. I can't handle this. And so he wants to know, will you steward this? So, and so he's saying, can you be trusted with much? If you want to be trusted with much, I need to see that you're trusted with the little. And whoever is dishonest will, with very little will also be dishonest with much. And so if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, what he's saying is if you can't be trusted with little, there's no way that you can be trusted with much because it's a heart test. He wants to know where our hearts are. Like, why would God give us more of anything when we haven't even stewarded the little that he's given us in the beginning? He would not be a good father to do that. He wouldn't be a good father because he knows he knows us way better than, than we are. I mean, he knitted us in our mother's womb that we would have been fearfully and wonderfully made. And God knows good and well, if he gave Robbie Foreman, who couldn't handle a little, a lot of stuff, Robbie's going to make a mess of his life because he's going to think that he did all this and he gained all these material wealth and possessions that he got to this point. And so God's saying, I want you to learn to manage little. Because I can tell you from every story in the Scripture Little is much when God's in it. I mean, I always go back to the little boy. The little boy who just brought his lunch, a couple of fish, a couple of pieces of bread, with his little, gladly gave it over and fed the multitudes of over 5,000 plus people. Jesus blessed it first and then gave it out. Because, see, you have to give and God bless. You give, God blesses, and he's responsible for the return on investment. And so he's saying, can you be trusted with a lot? Can I trust you with living a blessed life? That's the question that he would ask us. Can he trust us in that? Can we steward the little if we're sitting there asking for a lot? And what is our motive for asking for more? Because we live in a society where more is tied to our identity more is tied to our status well i've got to have this and i got to have that and we'll make really 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 dumb decisions to try to become something that we're not or to become like someone else and all in the midst of that that we miss the identity of who jesus has called us to be that we'll sacrifice even to the point of him sometimes in order to become the things that we want to become and completely miss the mark of what he's called us to be so God knows for many of us that money and, and things like that will be the number one competitor for our hearts. We'll chase a dollar, won't we? Like, we'll, we'll lower ourselves to, to chase. We'll work ourselves to the bone. We will sacrifice family and time and relationships and people just to get more. And then we get more and we have garages that are piled up with all kinds of stuff that we didn't even know. And this Christmas we'll give thousands of gifts out to people if we can get them off cargo ships and somebody sent me a meme the other day it was like everybody black friday shopping it was a container ship out in the water and everybody's swimming to it that's kind of what it's going to be like this year should have used that picture that would have been funny anyway uh, maybe we'll post it this week but we always want more but it never satisfies us because the satisfaction is not in the more the satisfaction is in the obedience the satisfaction is in the blessings of knowing that I'm doing what God has called me to do. 
And so he's asking, will you love the money or will you love me? Can't, if, I, if I can't trust you with a little, why should I trust you with a lot? With a lot. He says this, um, in, in money, money being a competitor of our hearts. Money is a counterfeit God. You know that? We worship it. I mean, we watch the economy. We watch, you know, how much we can hoard. We watch how much we put in our accounts. And we should, we should steward things that God has given us well. But we, we get so hung up that we allow this thing of money to control who we are to the point that we often worship it. And we can do this with a lot of things. We can, we, there's a lot of idol worship. There's a lot of counterfeit gods that we worship. But money is the number one thing because it brings out greed, right? People get greedy. If you don't, and greed, by the way, is a natural thing that we have. Your parents did not sit down and teach you how to be greedy. What did they teach you? We got to share, everybody. Well, I need that red crayon. I, I believe that restaurants do this to us intentionally. They'll throw packs of crayons on the table for your kids, and they all won't have the same colors in them. Parents, you know what I'm talking about? There's one red crayon among your four kids. Now there's a war that has broken out at your table because every one of them wants that one crayon, the one red, and there's nothing on the coloring sheet that should be red. But they're going to fight for it because we are all naturally greedy. We do this as adults. See, we, we allow money to be a counterfeit God because it promises things that only God can provide for us. See, we'll, we'll go to money because we feel like money provides security for us. And let me tell you something. If you've not learned anything over the last year, there is zero security in your money. There is zero security in anything that we used to think was secure outside of, you know, Jesus has been the only thing that has been consistent in this life. We just had blank. We think that if we just had this blank, our whole life would be a lot better. He says it's a counterfeit God. We, we think that if we had more money, more stuff, it, it ups our status, our significance in life. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 6, 24. He said, no one can serve two masters. You, you, you mean, if you serve two masters, you've got to choose to cheat somebody, right? Because somebody's not getting all of your time. He says, so you, nobody can serve two masters. Either he will, he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and he'll be despised by the other. Now, what is he saying here? He's saying you can't worship God and money. It's one or the other. One's counterfeit and one is real. One has a poor return on investment in your life and one wants to bless you. And blessing can come with a lot and blessing can come with nothing because blessing is blessing. And so Jesus understands even here that money is a counterfeit God, that we pour our hearts and our time into it. Let me ask you a question. How many of you would say, and let's just be honest, I'll go ahead and raise my hand because y'all typically leave me out and around these questions. If I had a little bit more money, life would be good. Anybody feel that way? If I had just a little bit more. Okay, because it's always a little bit more, right? If I had just a little bit more, right? I, I remember last year I made the mistake of saying if I had a little bit more, of these little Debbie Christmas things. Do not send those to my house. There was an overflow to where I find myself just blessing every single person I could find. There were students at the school that got full boxes. I was like, bless you, bless you, bless you. Because I realized like an entire box of those little, and I mean, when I say box, I mean Amazon drops a box on your doorstep. 
The first two cartons were delicious until you step on the scale and you realize sometimes the blessing is too much. You've got to give it to other people, right? And sometimes when we say, if I just had just a little bit more of this, it's not a little bit more is not always good. Because sometimes we ask for things and we don't know what we're asking for. And then we get upset when God says no because God doesn't, he doesn't understand. That, that's our logic. That's, at least that's my logic. I don't think God understands. But I think we'd all say if I had just a little bit more, life would be better. Ecclesiastes 5 says this, that whoever loves money never has money enough. He never has enough money. Isn't that interesting? This was written thousands of years ago in the book of Ecclesiastes where he says that if you love money, you'll never have enough of it. You'll never have enough. Because you're always chasing that thing. It, because you think that it provides us security and you think that it provides us freedom and you think it provides us significance in your life when indeed it, it doesn't do anything because it's counterfeit. And anything that's counterfeit is just a fake. It's just a ripoff of the real thing. Are y'all tracking with me so far? All right, two people. So he says, whoever loves money never has enough, and whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with his income. It's just never enough. And it's interesting that God is testing us. And he, again, what he wants to know is, do you love and trust me, or do you love and trust your wealth? Are you finding your significance and your identity in what you make, or who is making you? Are you finding it in your Creator? It's called the blessed test. And here's the blessed test. This is you saying this. I'll give God my first and my best so God will bless the rest. I'll give God my first and best so God can bless the rest. God has given us all things, money, jobs, talents. The question is, how are we stewarding those things and being faithful in those things and the giving of those to others? to be a blessing, and to expose people and introduce people to Jesus. He says this in Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30. He says a tithe. Now the tithe is in the Hebrew is the word tenth. So that's when people are like, well, it doesn't say anything in the Bible about 10%. It does if you read Hebrew. It's the tenth is 10. So you, now you got, you're one up on somebody. A, give a tithe of what? What does it say? A tithe of what? Everything. Okay. So sometimes, see, that's why we get so in trouble as a church. When we talk about tithe, we just talk about money. And by the way, churches that preach about money, they also need to they'll be held accountable for the way that that money is stored as well. Just so it's because when you give, it doesn't become the church's money. That is God's money. It's just being held in our account until God shows us how to release it and how to spend it and where it needs to go, just so we're clear. So a tithe of everything from the land, whether it's grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, it belongs to the Lord. And listen to this word. This is interesting. He says it belongs to the Lord for it is, what's that word? It's holy. It means that this has been set apart. This has been set apart for God. So a tenth of everything that we have has been set apart for God. It has been made holy. And God blesses the rest. And he says, so it's been set apart to the Lord. This has been set apart. It's holy. The, the, the 10% of this, the first of your fruits, the first of your land, what your land produces, your crops, your animals, this 
The first is to God. And this is what's interesting, that people are like, well, I have 100% and God's asked me to give 10%. Yeah, he's asking us to give 10%, but he's allowing us to steward and keep 90. That's, what, that's awesome. That's a better ratio than my house. Because that was not the ratio of Halloween candy that I taxed my kids on. It was like a 50-50 deal. I have to walk all this way, I'm getting 50%. And about 20 pounds worth of candy in my body. So he says, you give a tithe of everything. I was really convicted with this because I realized that I always say that we're, on, we're coming to, for a time to give. But tithing is not giving. Tithing is simply returning. It's a return. If, if God's asking us that everything is his and we're just managing it and just stewarding everything, my car, my clothing, my mower, my house, if all those things truly belong to God, how am I giving those things back to him? Because they're not mine. They're his. They're his. How am I taking care of that? Because they're his. So tithing is not giving. Tithing is returning. It's returning back to God what is his. And so we have to start taking inventory in our lives of what is it that God has given and, and where is my heart in this? How am I returning? How do I use my home for his glory? Do, do, is my home a place that is used for like small groups? Or do, I, do I have hospitality and bring people in and we just eat and, and have community? You know, what are, how do we use that? How do we use our homes? How do we use our workplaces? How do we use our vehicles? How do we, you know? That's why I have no issue with people asking to borrow things because it's not mine. I just steward it and let them use it. If they don't return it, that's between them and Jesus because I tell people, if you don't bring this back, you stole Jesus' golf clubs. <laughs> so if you're okay with that, I hope your game is awful. I hope you hit 50 over par. These are Jesus' golf clubs. All right, you can borrow my trailer, but if you wreck it, it's Jesus' trailer. So just keep that in mind. They always bring it back. But, but tithing is really just re is, is returning back to God what it says to start with. You, you're, you're with me. You're still with me. i got a few more points I'm going to make, and we're going to eat, okay? But I want you to understand, the first and the best, we give 10%. Right off the top, we give it. it used to be bad with the tithe and giving to the church was, I'm going to do all my bills first, and then I'm going to see. I'm going to do all my bills, and then we'll see where we're at. And if I can hit 10% scores, a great month. And then I realized that that was a heart issue, so I moved my heart issue out of the way. And now it's an automatic, this is what it is right off the top, right out, right out the gate. And it's funny that God always continues to make sure that there's never no shortage as long as we're stewarding and giving the way that we're supposed to. He's always taking care. It's always a blessing. And I tell this story all the time because it was one of those moments to where it really changed the course of our lives and the people that are sitting in here is when they told me how much it costs to start a church. And I was like, well, that ain't happening because I, I, I don't have that. Like, I don't think anybody has that. But like, hey, it's going to be $45,000 to start your church. I was like, <laughs> we hadn't even taken up an offer. We don't even have offering buckets to take up an offering. That's where we were. And my, our coach, our, one of our um, ministry leadership team accountability members said, hey, you steward and do what God's called you to do. There's always money in the fish's mouth. Ask Peter. So you need to pray. And we did. And I remember the day of going to the post office box because we had just enough money to get a post office box. 
because we had to to get a 501c3. And I opened it, and it was a check from somebody that I did not know who they were for $45,000. Blessed. How hard would it have been for you to write a $45,000 check? Because I can tell you how hard it would have been for me. But somebody recognized, they said, I trust God over my money. You and I are here in this place today because of a sacrifice of somebody. We've had baptisms because somebody was faithful to give to God that God used that for baptisms. We've had people give their life to Christ, people here, people that we don't even know that are all over the place. We've had influences on planting churches all over the southeast and all over the United States that we don't even know the potential of what happened because of a sacrifice. Because somebody said, I'm, I'm more concerned about my relationship with him than I am with money. And I don't know what happened to them. They don't even attend here. But I can tell you this, I guarantee you there was a blessing on the other side for them. That they didn't have to blink about what they gave. Because they understood that this, we give the best. We give the best, God takes care of it, we give the, the first of it. A few more things. Did you know, and this was a convicting thing for me when, when I was really dealing with you know, my justification of why I don't give money and I don't need to give that because I work for the church, so why should I have to pay my own paycheck and, and all that? And what I realized was my, my disobedience and me not giving and trying to make every excuse in the world was wrong. I realized that what was really happening is I was robbing God. I was robbing God because I read this verse in Malachi. Malachi 3.8 says this, Will a man rob God? Well, let me ask you that question. Will man rob God? Yeah. <laughs> We'll take right from him, right? Matter of fact, when we make money or other things and serve other counterfeit gods, we rob God. We, anything that takes away from his glory, we rob God. So yes, absolutely. Yet, he says, well, man rob God. Yet, you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? And listen to what he says. You're robbing me in the tithes and in the offerings. You're robbing me in the tithes and the offerings. They, see, in this point, when Malachi's writing, the whole nation is under a curse. The whole nation, because they were robbing God. God had blessed Israel. Israel had everything they needed. The lambs were good. The crops were good. The harvest was great. The return of the harvest. Everything was great. And then what happened was, sometimes we get so caught up in the blessing that we're not giving the blessing. So we don't realize that we're blessed to be blessed to bless. We realize that we, God blesses us and that's all he wants to do is bless us. And we forget about other people. So we become very self-centered. And this is what happened with Israel, that they started cutting some corners of like, well, you know, this sheep right here, I, if I give him the best sheep, then I'm going to lose some money. So I'll give him one that has a little bit of a limp or one that has a little bit of a spot in it. I'm not going to give him the best grain that comes from the left side of my field, but I'll just give God what's in the right side of my field. And God says, why are you robbing me? Like, I've blessed you and I've given you what you needed. But you've robbed me. And so God put them under a curse. And I believe the curse was this, that they were not living under the blessing of God. Because they were worried about paycheck to paycheck, grain to grain, animal to animal. Because they had cut corners of what God had given them. And so I want to give you three blessings this morning. There's three blessings of the tithe. You ready? We're going to make these quick. Number one, tithing provides for God's work through the church. Duh. We know that, right? Like... Tithing provides for us to be here. We pay to be here. 
It pays for us to do missions work. It pays for us as we help plant churches. It pay, I mean, it, it pays. Like it, the money comes in, it goes out, and it's, it's a blessing to other people, right? And so when we give, your, your giving goes to, to help the church to be able to maintain and run and reach other people. That's the investment that we're making. Okay, it's up to the board. Um, our, our, our ministry lead team that's here is to help make sure that that money is going where it is so there's high accountability. And so I do want you to know there is accountability on that stuff. There are people that see it. There, there are sheets that are run. There's a professional accountant that does all that stuff. So your money's great, okay? So what I, want, what I want you to know is that, number one, tithing helps provide through the church. And we're, because giving's happening, we're here right now together hearing the word of God and worshiping together. And so the Bible says this in Malachi 3, 10, the first part. He says, if you'll bring the tithe into the, what's that word there? Bring the tithe into the storehouse. That's an Old Testament picture of the church. He says, so if you bring your tithe in the storehouse so that there may, there may be food in my house. When we bring money into the church and we give, what we're doing is bringing it into the storehouse so that there can be spiritual food that's happening and people can eat and people can grow. And people can become more like Jesus. So we bring for spiritual food. Here's the second thing. Tithing teaches me to put God first. Because if it's a counterfeit God that we worship of money, and, and we've got all of our identity and our significance and our whatever it is that we put into it, it's not putting God first. It's trusting that God's going to provide, that I'm going to be faithful with what I have, and God on the other end of it will take care of any shortages that, that, may, that I may have. Now, that also means, because you have to put a disclaimer in that, because people hear to go, oh, well, I'll give 10%, and I'll blow 90%, and then God will take care of the rest of it. God has called you to steward all 100% of what he's given you. Not give 10%, and then, oh, I'm going to go play the lottery, and God's going to bless me with a million-dollar lottery ticket. Not the way that works, okay? If you do win the lottery, you need to tithe on that, too. Come holler at me. We'll build a building, Okay? That's right, you win a million dollars at a lottery ticket. It's like a pastor going to play golf on Sunday during church and hitting a hole in one. He can't tell anybody about it, right? So tithing teaches me to put God first. Giving is a very practical and tangible way that we can make sacrifice to show God that we, listen, we trust you. What better way to say we trust you than giving financially and then giving of our lives? Here's the last thing. Tithing increases my faith in God. It teaches me that the 90% with the blessings of God goes way further than the 10% that I'm holding on to. That God can take 90% and do a lot more with it. But God wants to bless. God is testing us. You know, in the Bible, out of all the Bible, there's only one place that God initiates this testing of him. And he says, listen, I want you to test me. In the second part of this verse in Malachi, verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 10, he says this, Test me in this. Test me, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven, and I'll pour out so much blessing that there will not be a room enough for you to store it. Did you know that number 10 is often the number? Because you, you have numbers all in the Bible, seven's perfection, 666 is the devil, you know all those numbers, typically 40 days, all those things. Did you know the number 10? The number 10 is the number of testing. 
And God asks us to give our 10%. It's testing. He asks us to give our 10% because it's a test. And here's what he's saying. Test me. If you don't believe it, give. And watch what happens. Watch what I can do. Because he wants us, and listen, it's not about, look how much I gave, and, and, and I'm going to get all this stuff on the back end. What it is, is the, the blessing is going to come when you realize the relationship that you truly have in God, the faith that you truly have, that you can trust him, that God always comes through and God provides. And I'm going to give, why would I not want to give God my first? I promise you I'd rather invest into the kingdom of heaven than invest in anything else. And so he says, test me in this, says the Lord. And look what he says. When he says, test me, he says, see, and I love the language. See if I don't throw open the floodgates of heaven. And see, and, and those are some big gates. Heaven's a pretty big place. And see if I don't pour out so much blessing that you won't have enough room to store. Because when he throws open the floodgates of heaven and it pours down and we don't have any place to store it, guess what we're doing with it? It's like a box of little Debbie cakes. We are blessing every, because I want everybody else to know how great this feels. And I want to give, give, and give of my time, my talent, and my finances. So this is not a, the church needs your money call. This is not a make you feel guilty call. This is a, hey, what is God telling you? And what are you going to do? Because, my, again, my prayer for you is that your heart will align with God's desires and allow him to do what he wants to do in your life. Because there's a blessing in releasing. God cannot give you something and put something in your hand if you already have something in it. He's asking you to let it go so he can drop new in your hand. You following me? Can I pray for you? Because this is a hard topic, isn't it? It's hard to talk about giving when the economy's in, in, who even knows? I don't even know where it's at. I think we passed the slump, right? Like we're probably far below that. We're, we're in places we've never been. We, we Job security, do I get to keep my job? I mean, all these things. Listen, those are the enemy talking to you. And you got to call it what it is and ask God, where and how do I need to be obedient and faithful in this moment? Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you so much today for who you are. I, I just ask God that you would... Um, you would stir us. You would convict us in the areas that we need to be convicted. That God, that we would, we would recognize that it's you that supplies all things. That our trust and our hope and our faith is in you. It is in you alone. So in this moment, God, just help us to, to grasp what is the Holy Spirit telling us right now. And what will we do about those to be obedient. We pray these things in your name.